Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. A lot of questions surrounding this Bucks team. Specifically, Chris Middleton. I guess Malcolm Brogdon. And I guess Brooke Lopez. And maybe even Nico Miritich. And I suppose you can throw the future of Giannis in there. This, I think, might have been their best chance to do it in the next five years. We're going to find that out. We just have no idea what this team is going to look like come the middle of July. Frank Madden, Lockdown Bucks podcast, founder of the Great Brew Hoop, here to help break this down. And I just we did, we're having you on, Frank. One because you're a great guy and we like you, uh, but also there's just it's it's complicated. A lot of this is complicated, and there's a lot of questions. How you doing, Frank? Hey, Frank. Hey guys, I've had my my cooling off period here since the uh, game six loss. So I, I I know Bart, we were texting some of our misery yesterday, but uh, you know, uh, onwards and upwards. The off scene is in this, uh, we'll hear a little sooner than we thought. But uh, as you guys said, uh, no real opportunity for the Bucks to uh, to sit back and wait and ponder their uh, or lick their wounds here. Obviously, there's a lot of big decisions to make, and um, I'm sure we'll be talking a lot about that for the next couple months. You know, a couple of minutes ago, before we get into the cap and all that, um, Bart and I were talking about. Uh, uh, you know, is Milwaukee still a place? If Milwaukee is not a place, they can't get the top free agents. What are we even doing here? Um, do you think Milwaukee is still that place? Has it come? Because five years ago, definitely not. Maybe two years ago, not. But I think some of that culture has changed a little bit. Where the Bucks, you know, maybe Kevin Durant's not going to sign here, but I still think they can get some pretty good free agents to come here. Uh, I mean, I think if you look at the, the broad history of free agency, I mean, again. The, the, with the exception of really those top-level guys, there's a huge aspect of free agency that is sort of this winner's curse idea, right? Like, you know, congratulations, you were the highest bidder on a guy who uh, nobody else wanted to pay that amount of money. <laughs> That's typically what free agency comes yeah. down to, right? And typically, you know, the way that kind of the life cycle of rosters work in the NBA is, you know, you, you kind of build a young team. You've got maybe a star on before his first big contract or like Giannis, you know, is underpaid even on his first big contract. And that's your opportunity to have some cash space, maybe go out and sign some guys, make some trades, uh, and and try to, you know, again, kind of build that, that team around him. And then now, I mean, you kind of then reach an inflection point where this is sort of like your team, and you don't have a lot of flexibility to go out every summer and just go try to find some star guy, right? And that's, unfortunately, that's when you're usually a really good team and you're actually appealing. So having cash space when you're actually good is is more valuable, uh, especially if you're a team like the Bucks. But, you know, I mean, it's like Danny Ainge, I think, has always said, you know, he, he never... They have had cap space at times, but they never kind of chase cap space over kind of the bird in the hand because, you know, when he trades for players, like he knows what he's getting. And if you just are built saying, let's try to be flexible a year or two from now, um, well, what what is that going to mean? Are you going to be chasing, you know, the next version of a max contract for Chris Middleton, which some people don't think he's worth that now, right? So unless, unless you have an angle on a KD or a Kawhi, I think you have to be really realistic about what free agency is and what it isn't. And obviously when you're a team like the Bucks that I think can compete for a championship with what they have now, then 
I mean, you have to kind of really weigh what your what your real trade offs are. So, if if the Bucks decided, because from my understanding is that they can max Middleton, but if they wanted to max another guy like one of the big fish, or even let's even say Jimmy Butler or, or Clay or whoever, still big fish. If they wanted to get one of those guys, is that even possible? Uh, I mean, it's not just a matter of saying, oh, sorry, Nico, or sorry, Malcolm, like, we'll take one Clay Thompson and one Chris Middleton, and let's let's go with that group, right? I mean, you'd have to do more than just say, let's not sign Chris Middleton to to go after one of one of those those types of guys. And, you know, again, like, all those guys, I mean, Clay, I, I mean, I don't see Clay Thompson leaving, right? I mean, he's publicly joked about how happy he was that he wasn't drafted by the Bucks, right? I mean, right. You know, again, he's, he's won championships. I don't think he's looking to move to the Midwest to chase a title with Giannis. Um, Jimmy Butler, who knows? I mean, he's two years older than Chris Middleton, for reference. Um, Jimmy obviously thinks he's the best player on whatever team he's on, typically. Um, so maybe he looks at Giannis as a good complimentary piece to him. Um, and obviously he has some, some Milwaukee connections, so I think mean, you know, maybe uh, if you offer him a, a full max, I don't know how many teams are going to do that, just given his age and some of the baggage. But if the, Bucks, um, I mean, if the but, Bucks wanted to offer him a full max, like they can't just do that straight up, right? They have to like renounce no, half I mean, their team. Yeah, I mean, you'd be. I mean, if if you were offering that on day one, you'd be saying, "Hey, Chris, like, can you go hang out for a while while we try to chase these other guys, right?" Um, and so that's and that's why I like the Clippers traded Tobias Harris because they knew that they wanted to go chase. They had a chance at a guy like Kawhi, right? So they didn't want to have to tell Tobias Harris, "Hey, can you go chill for a while and." not sign with another team while we try to get a better player than you. And so they said, you know, we'll, we'll just try to trade you. But obviously they had a much, you know, I think they have a much more realistic chance of getting like Kawhi, for instance, than, than a team like the Bucks do. Um, so it's like, do you kind of like get rid of a bunch of guys or basically commit to losing, you know, a big part of your rotation to even have the chance to have that conversation, right? And maybe there's some probability of getting a guy like Kawhi or KD that you would, you would be okay doing that. Um, but certainly for Jimmy Butler, I'm not, I'm not punting half my roster to get a guy who may not even be a better long-term piece, especially given his age and, and some of the attitude stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, no, you're so right at Jimmy Butler. Yeah, Butler would – I mean, I like I don't know, I like Jimmy Buckets. I like him. I, I like him as a player. But he'd come here and he'd say, well, you know what? Uh, Giannis, a nice number two piece next to me. That's for sure. You know, he would think of himself as the number one option, Giannis number two. Yeah, and I mean, look. You know, I think Joel Embiid's a fantastic player. Um, you know, the the Sixers just finished well behind the Bucks with not just Joel Embiid, but you know they obviously acquired Jimmy early in the season. They also had Harris. They also had Ben Simmons, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, again, I think it's sort of. I think the thing I, I find surprising is, you know, I mean, as a, as a Bucks fan, I mean, I've been waiting thirty years to have a team as good as this, and so I, I understand if people want to ask the question of like, hey, can you get like a second superstar for Giannis? I think that's obviously something that everybody wants to think. Is that possible, right? Is that a, is that a thing that can happen? Um, but by the same token, it's like, you know, it seems like I'm, I'm surprised how many people are sort of like, well, just, you know, let's kick half these guys to the curb to maybe get a guy that maybe really isn't any better than Chris Middleton long-term. Um, and, and again, I, I think like KD Kawhi, I think that's just pipe dream stuff at this point. Um, you know, I, I don't think we've seen any indication that those guys are, are interested in coming to Milwaukee, and I think that's more circumstances of what those guys specifically are looking for more than some sort of insult to the city of Milwaukee. Um, so I think it just leaves the Bucks obviously in a spot where the most obvious path to, you know, 
what are you trying to do? You're trying to compete for championships and thereby convince Giannis to stay, right? And the next year is obviously critical for that. So, I mean, there's a, you know, there's a pretty straightforward path to keeping the current roster, which obviously we can talk about. Um, and there's not a, I would say there's not a very straightforward path to, you know, dramatically improving on the current roster or, or you know, upgrading from Chris Middleton. Just because, credit to Chris, there aren't that many guys in free agency who are, I think, clear upgrades to him and, and guys who would want to be here. What would you have to do, Frank Madden, Lockdown Bucks podcast, if they if Middleton decided to go somewhere else or the Bucks decided they want to move on from him? Some of the conversation is, well, they can still go pick one of the you know next tier of guys like a Bogdanovich or Harrison Barnes or Terrence Ross. I mean, I don't think these guys are better than than Middleton. And then, well, you assume that Brogdon's going to step up. You sign him; he plays better. Sterling Brown and Diva Chenzo. And I feel like if you're going to do that, I mean, I'd just rather keep Middleton. Can you lose Middleton and find a team without signing one of the big free agents that's better than the team you have now? I think that's the question. I, I mean, I think if your idea of upgrading your number two is by getting worse players, I, I don't think that's really a, a valid strategy, right? I mean, again, like, you hope that guys like, even Chenzo and Sterling Brown and these other guys kind of grow into bigger roles next year, right? And I think certain there are likely scenarios where those guys are, are going to have more of an opportunity and hopefully be healthy in Dante's case. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's hard, right? I mean, if, if people's idea of, of, you know, moving on from Chris is, you know, Boyan Bogdanovich having to spend $20 million on him, um, you know, for guys two years older and literally doesn't pass and doesn't defend as well as Chris, I mean, again, like I think there's a lot of grass is greener sort of, effect taking place right and um and and i understand like when you have a team like the Bucks that's been as good as the Bucks, like you want to think like hey people want to come here how do we how do we leverage that um but again free agency is really hard and, and in the nba again it tends to be it's really good if you can get a max max guy who's worth more than what you can pay him and it's really hard if you're trying to go after anybody else and i think certainly the bucks you know brooke lopez great example you got him on a a bargain deal but um, it's really hard to kind of find those deals. I mean, that, that, you know, we're talking about this all season. That that might have been the best free agent signing in Bucks history. Um, and again, but if you're having to kind of keep guys who are established, um, you know, you tend to pay a premium. And again, that's sort of just the economics of the NBA. The superstars get underpaid because they have the max. The young guys get underpaid because they're on rookie contracts. And kind of all the other kind of money, it's the the kind of the toothpaste tube just sort of squeezes to. Uh, to these guys who are free agents in their late twenties, and obviously Chris and to a lesser extent Malcolm um, are kind of in that camp. And you know, again, you kind of have to make a decision. You know, do you want to compete with this group, or do you want to throw caution to wind and and try to piece together a roster uh, without those guys? And, and obviously, I, my guess is you're not going to be able to replace those guys if uh, if you do take that second round. Uh, Lopez wants to stay here. I asked him in Toronto, and you know, he could have said, "Well, I'm going to go see what the, the offseason." He said, "No, he wants to stay. He likes the the building process. He likes what's going on here. He likes the culture." But what would it take? Can you tell us about that that mid level exception that we hear about, and what the price? Because he's obviously not coming back for three million. Yeah, I think the I think so. I think the most straightforward path to maintaining kind of the, the most flexibility this summer um, is kind of doing a couple things, right? So, unfortunately, Miritich obviously. You know, and again, I, I hate to base any sort of judgment on a, on a player on like one series because, by definition, these series are, are small samples, especially for a guy who's a streaky shooter. Um, but obviously, Meritage was kind of a luxury, right? I mean, they have the best record in the league without him. So let's just assume they decide, all right, you know, Nico, sorry, you play the best the position of our best player. We've got you know DJ or Sons expiring. We obviously want to bring back Brooke. You say, okay, Nico, you're 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 not coming back. Nice having you. 
if you do that, um, you can create enough space to have around 10 million in, in cap room, right? Which is about the same as the mid-level exception for non-tax teams. But that's important because if you can use that money on Brook instead of having to give them the, the non-tax mid-level, you avoid having to hard cap yourself. And again, I'm, I don't want to get too far into like kind of the cap minutia, but what you can no, do No, do it. Give, I, I, cause I'm lost. <laughs> so what you could do is you could. Or at least explain it to how we can understand yeah, it. Yeah. So, so you, you can give Brook, let's say 10 million a year, right? And again, figure out how long you want to give him a contract and whatever, right? That's, that's a separate discussion. But give him maybe a salary starting at $10 million a year. You would then still have the room mid-level exception, which is a smaller number. It's about $5 million bucks a year. You're going to have to buy out Hill to make kind of any of this work. So you lose Hill, you pay him $1 million, bucks, so you don't have to pay his $18 million salary in books. But you could re-sign him, and you have a room mid-level exception, so you could offer that to him, or you could go after some other uh, guys on the free agent market is sort of like bench depth guys, right? To try to replace Hill, who obviously was very good in the playoffs. Um, so that kind of takes care of those guys. And obviously, then the big question is, you know, what are you doing with with Middleton and Brogdon? And again, since those guys are bird free agents, you know, you have the ability to go over the tax to sign them. And if you didn't use the uh, the mid level exception, the the non tax mid level exception to sign Lopez, you can then go out and basically you're not going to be in a position where you're hard capped. You're not going to be in a position where a team could you know, give Malcolm some stupid number and knowing that the Bucks might not be able to match it. So I think that's probably the easiest way to do it. And obviously then you can debate what, you know, what is Chris Middleton worth? What is Malcolm Brogdon worth? Um, but you at least kind of control your, your own destiny. And again, I, I mean, I think in all likelihood, you know, Chris probably is going to have more or less the parameters of a deal worked out with the Bucks probably on, you know, whatever, June 30th at 6.01 p.m. Eastern uh, when the new free agents cycle starts. So um, I think, Chris probably gets knocked out early. I'm, I'm guessing they'll probably have a good idea of what they want to do with Brooke. And then probably the big question is just going to be Malcolm, given that he's a restricted free agent and you have leverage with that. And so you obviously don't want to just offer him a huge number and you'd rather kind of maybe sit back a little bit, maybe give him a respectable offer uh, in like the mid-teens, um, but then see if anybody can can kind of beat that. And then obviously you may have a difficult decision if, if somebody comes out with a, with a huge number for him. But again, I think there's a path to keeping Middleton, Brogdon, Lopez, um, either Hill or having some money to, to you know, basically replace Hill, uh, and you know, again, then obviously like Brogdon may be a little, uh, maybe a little bit more tricky given the, the restricted free agency stuff. But you always have the option to, to keep them. So again, you'd lose Miritich in that scenario, but you got Wilson laying around, hopefully ready for a bigger role. And you know, I mean, fundamentally, I think this is about Giannis improving significantly, right? And hopefully, he has another leap that he can make, even if it's not a regular season leap. I mean, it's hard to you know, kind of make a leap from being MVP, but in the playoffs, obviously, um, you know, he didn't play the way he wanted in that last series. So, um, so yeah, I mean, if you're a 61 team and you were damn close, you know, a few things go a different way in the, that last series, you go to the NBA finals. Um, I think that's a good, pretty good place to be. And, and obviously again, I think the, the two goals right now are compete for championships and keep Giannis happy and make sure Giannis wants to stay. So, um, you know, again, maybe there's some more exotic, <laughs> exotic things people want to do. Uh, but I think in terms of, you know, reality, confined, things confined to reality. I mean, I think that's probably the, the most straightforward, least risk approach. And, and there's always trade-offs, right? You're paying guys a lot of money for long-term contracts, but that's also just sort of the way the way the NBA life cycle of, of kind of teams and, and salary structures work. Do you, do you think it will take the max to get Middleton? Uh, probably close to that, yeah. I mean, I think the, you know, I, I would certainly not want to go five years. Um, I wouldn't want to go five years on Brogdon either, I think, with, with some of the foot stuff. Um, more so his other foot than the one he just hurt. But um, I think there are definite arguments for giving both those guys less than the full years. Um, now, can you do less than four years? 
I don't know, right? I mean, I think those guys probably want four-year deals, um, and especially Chris. So you may not be able to do better than a four-year deal, close to the max. But um, you know, again, this is there. This is the challenge of free agency. How do you get really good players at good value? And, and unfortunately, unless you kind of find those diamonds in the rough, like a Brook Lopez, um, you generally don't find guys in their you know late twenties who suddenly get significantly better that you sign for for a lot less than what they were worth. It's interesting stuff. We'll be bugging you again soon. Uh, Frank Madden, appreciate the time as always. F Madden NBA on Twitter. We'll talk again, bud. Thanks for the help. Thanks, Frank. All right, thanks, guys. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.